Hello, and welcome to So What's the Problem, in which we rewatch a movie from our youth to determine if it's problematic by today's standards. I'm Jen. And I'm Jimmy. Today we'll be discussing Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which was released in the US on July 31st, 1992, and in the UK on 23rd of October, 1992. It was written by Joss Whedon. Where have I heard that name before? <laughs> I don't uh, and directed by Fran Rubel Kazui. I think it's Kazui or Kazai, but I think it's Kazui. I don't know. Um, it stars Christy Swanson, Luke Perry, Donald Sutherland, Paul Rubens, David Arquette, Hilary Swank, Rutger Hauer, uh, Ben Affleck, and Seth Green. <laughs> <laughs> we don't count Seth Green. We don't, we don't count Seth Green. You can see him, but we don't count him. He's there very, very briefly. Jimmy and I have thought of problems the movie has, three problems each, and we'll discuss them. We have also thought of one positive. Um, oh, shit, I haven't thought of a positive. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even... I, 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 I don't even remember what I decided my third problem was, because I decided when I was away from my notepad, so we'll see. Yeah, I can't, um, I can't, I can't think what my positive was, so I'll need to think of one. Uh, what's your history with the movie? I saw it in VHS... Back in 1993, um, and because I, I liked it, I liked it, the idea of it. I liked it, the name, um, and I don't know if I liked it. I must have liked it enough, or maybe just liked the idea enough. Because once the show came around, I watched the show right away. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but now. <laughs> <laughs> Even before we talk about Mr. Joss Whedon, um, I and it's not all his fault this movie, but I think it's I think it's a mess. Oh, my camera's fell again. Um, so what's your history with it? Um, it, I was ten when it came out, and I remember wanting to see it. Um, because of the title. Um, I just, I probably because Luke Perry was in it, and I watched Beverly Hills 920, which oh, right. I've okay, I've yeah. watched I've watched Beverly Hills 920 recently enough to be like, why was I watching this when I was ten? But anyway, yeah, maybe maybe I watched it because Luke Perry was in it as well, and maybe Rutger Hauer. Like, maybe that's why I watched it. I was somewhat interested in it, but I didn't see it in the theater. Um, probably because my we only saw movies my mom was interested in. Um, yeah, and you were ten. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> My mom took me to see Parenthood when I was, like, eight or whatever. All right, okay. So, like, I saw some pretty grown-up stuff. Um, But, uh, yeah, I just remember my dad and I were, like, probably in 93, we were at the video store looking for movies. And he had actually really been wanting to see this because he thought it sounded hilarious. Mm. So my dad was actually the one that brought Buffy into our home, uh, which I forgot about until until I was thinking about how I was going to answer this question. And I liked the movie okay. I didn't love it, but I liked it. Mm -hmm. I had a poster of it in my room. Yeah. Um, which really, that's back in the day when, like, you would buy movie posters for, like, $2 at the video store once they were done using them. So the post- Oh, really? Yeah, so the posters in my room weren't reflective of my actual taste. It was just whatever I got my hands on. Like, I wonder if video stores gave them for free. Um, yeah, my, my video store, I guess, wanted to make some extra money. Right, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I love Buffy. I'm in a room where I can see Buffy and Angel Box sets. I can see a Buffy statue... Um, I see in action figures, I see a uh, Mr. Pointy bookmark, um, <laughs> and I see my anger because Joss Whedon sucks. <laughs> yeah, Joss Whedon's a creep. I can't see anything Buffy related because I don't have anything Buffy related. That sucks. 
but <laughs> I do. But I do love Buffy because people don't seem to when they're buying me presents. They don't seem to think, "Oh, we'll get them something Buffy related." It's always Back to the Future or Ghostbusters or something, which I love as well. Um, <laughs> I just bought a Buffy T-shirt less than two weeks ago. Oh, did you? Yeah, it's fun to wear it now. <laughs> what does it say? Joss Whedon is a creep. <laughs> No, um, it's it's that. Have you ever seen that picture? That's the Scoobies, and it looks like it's like a record cover. All right, yeah, it's that. I actually have a framed print of that picture in my living room, right. and I got some birthday money, so I was like, I want to buy some T-shirts, and I saw that on <laughs> T Public and bought it. And uh, before we get into the Joss Whedon of it all, I do want to point out that if you want to own Buffy stuff, um. Don't give Joss Whedon money if you find official merchandise. Go to like Etsy or something mm. and find fan made stuff, which is always better anyway. Yeah. It's always you more can, creative. You can still love something problematic mm. or made by problematic people and not give them money. Yeah, that's true. Right. So let's just talk about Joss Whedon then. Okay. And just. Let's let's pretend we didn't spend twenty minutes before the recording <laughs> talking about Joss Whedon. Um, yeah. So for those of you who don't know, Joss Whedon is a scumbag. Um, things have come out lately. Um, like in the past five days. In the past five days, bef- um, after we said we were going to do this movie, mm-hmm. so you know we started this. I think. Um, no, no, <laughs> no, no, nothing to do with us, Governor. Um, yeah, the Chris McCarpenter who played um, Cordelia on Buffy and Angel came out and said that Joss Whedon is an abusive asshole and fired her because she was pregnant. Not only fired her for b- yeah. being pregnant, but tried to get her to have an abortion. Um, and since then, loads of other. Um, Cast members and crew members have come out and said, "Yeah, he, he's abusive." Not, but not all of them. Um, some of them are keeping quiet, but I think the important ones have come out. To be honest with you, Sarah mm-hmm. Michelle Gellar's come out, and Michelle underage Michelle Trachtenberg, who was only fourteen when she started the show, started the show, uh, has come out. Marty Noxon. Marty Noxon. She said something, yeah. Yeah, she did, and but she's also poor woman has been in uh, multiple abusive uh, writers' rooms. She worked right. on Mad Men, um, so she has experience with this. Um, but she's important because she is the only person besides Joss Whedon that ever ran the television program Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, because um, she ran season six. Yeah, yeah, uh, and her. Her bio on Twitter is my favorite bio I've ever seen. It says, um, I ruined Buffy and I will ruin you too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah. love her. But that's but then again, that's sort of like a you know, I will ruin you too isn't really fair now because, you know yeah. Um she didn't ruin anything and she's not gonna ruin anything because she worked with Joss Whedon. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> And I think I think it's important that we point out that Ray Fisher, who played Cyborg mm. in Justice League, um, this this really started because he spoke out last year about yeah. the fact that Joss Whedon was abusive and racist and stuff, and an, an investigation was done um, by Warner Brothers, and uh, Charisma Carpenter participated in it, and she um, spoke out this week in 
because like in support of him yes like when she put out her statement she had the hashtag um i stand with ray fisher mm-hmm. and it's important to acknowledge him because so much of the talk has been about the women but as a lot of people pointed out when a black man was saying it um it didn't get the kind of attention this did although mm-hmm. as someone who did pay attention to ray fisher and i think reposted some of his stuff um i also understand that like while um a lot of it is, you know, maybe that I'm listening to white women more than a black man. Like, mm-hmm. I I acknowledge that there might be a bias there, but it's also that um, this was, like, what he dealt with. Um, people from that set weren't really speaking out or anything. He wasn't getting back up, and the story kind of got buried. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Charisma Carpenter, we've been waiting for her to say this. Like, those of us who've been paying attention have been waiting for her to say this for 18 years. Yeah. Um, like, these are for me personally and i it sucks it sucks that i i i don't care about all abuse allegations equally but i don't watch the dc movies except for the wonder woman movies mm-hmm. um that's not a world that i pay attention to mm-hmm. so that and i had already kind of decided i didn't like joss whedon anymore so that kind of got pushed more to the back of my mind and um, probably unfairly. Whereas I love Buffy. I watched it every few years. I have a kid named Xander. Um, I have Buffy merchandise all over my house. And um, also just the fact that it's women who were abused on this set. And as a woman, I'm going to relate to that more. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, it does make the character of Xander seem a bit sort of more problematic now. Well, it makes me glad I didn't name my kid after Xander. I named him because I like the name Xander. Yeah, and actually, of course. When that was the name we settled on, I kind of, even though it was I was the one who was really wanting it, once we decided on it, I fought back because I was like, I don't want people to think I'm naming him after a Buffy character. Like, I get made fun of enough for being obsessed with TV, although yeah. that's more acceptable now than it was eight years ago when we chose that name. But... um. I was like, I don't want people to think I'm naming him after the character because it's more that I like the name. And Dylan was like, that's stupid. If you like the name, just name him that. Yeah. Um, because I, but- um, my friend Martin, um, when I said once that I think, because he's also a fan and he worships Joss Whedon, so he's heartbroken this week. Ugh. Um, So I said to him that this, the character of Xander is quite problematic anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. This was like last year I said this to him, and he disagreed with me. <laughs> um, but no, Xander's a problematic character, um, especially by part- today's standards. Yeah, <laughs> it's, quite- I think I think it's a mixture of uh, Joss Whedon puts himself into this character, so he ends up being awful. But mm-hmm. also, just things were different in the late '90s. We yeah. thought it was cute to watch a man lust after, like, have a crush on a woman who didn't love him, and like we thought it was so sweet. You know, the feelings that they had, and we would root for them or whatever. But, um, but the but reason it's we're not talking just that though, I mean, in season seven, he's like having sex dreams about teenage girls and in the comics which joss whedon um okayed he's dating Mm. dawn yeah um it's really and he's supposed to be the one that's the analog of joss whedon he is because i think joss whedon said once that he wish he was an oz but he knows he's a xander Mm -hmm. um because you know oz was cool and uh but yeah it's just really weird now 
And the reason to talk about this, like, at least for me, the main reason I think it's important to focus on this, um, not just because it came out this week, is that I think we have to really acknowledge um, and make it clear that we don't like Joss Whedon, um, that we don't respect Joss Whedon, and that we think he's trash and shouldn't work again. Because I don't know about you, I am going to be praising Joss Whedon uh, <laughs> while we talk about this. Mm-hmm. And... um because I'm also I'm not the kind of person that can just pretend like I don't think he's a very talented man. Um, God, if there's one thing that piss- really pisses me off when stuff like this comes out is the people who then respond by saying, well, yeah, I never liked him anyway. I knew he, he he's not talented and like because they're so cool that they thought that he sucked before this. <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, I knew he was at least shady before this week but that doesn't mean i don't like his work Mm -hmm. it just means i won't support it going forward if anybody lets him work again i've been watching the the never nevers though i've been watching Mm -hmm. that on hbo well yeah i have an hbo here but i'd been questioning that for a while and then um once they kicked him off the show even though i think they were done filming by then or Mm -hmm. almost done uh so he was involved in the first season I think now I will allow myself to watch it. Um, but I was still, that was something I was still kind of questioning last year if I could mm-hmm. let myself do. Um, it's It sucks to be a fan of someone who sucks. <laughs> no, I understand that. And it is because, I mean, Chinatown's one of my favorite movies of all time. I think Chinatown's quite a, you know, it's almost a masterpiece of a movie. But then Roman Polanski's a raping mm-hmm. scumbag. You know, yeah, Jeepers Creepers, I, the horror movie Jeepers Creepers. I like the first movie. I like Jeepers Creepers. And then Victor Salva is, you know, a disgusting human being who rapes children. Still uh, gets work, but rapes children. My my pro tip for anybody listening who has this problem either with um, Joss Whedon or somebody like J.K. Rowling or Woody Allen or Roman Polanski is that... Um, there's always ways to enjoy these things without giving these people money. Mm-hmm. Um, you can always buy DVDs, Blu-rays, books used. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they get much money off streaming. I don't know. I don't um, think so. So I, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, I think writers don't make a lot of money off streaming. So even if streaming something did give them money, it wouldn't be a ton. Or record it off TV. <laughs> Yeah, like there's 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 ways to enjoy your things without financially supporting these people, which in the end is the thing that will actually hurt them. Like just sitting there being like, I'm not going to watch these DVDs I already own. Mm -hmm. Like if you can't stomach it, you can't stomach it. But like that's not going to punish them. Right. Yeah. Um, And like I said before, buying merchandise that is unofficial um, and goes to smaller artists. Mm -hmm. Um, And these people worked hard on this stuff, you know, like. I mean, this movie's hilarious to me because not only was it written by Joss Whedon, but like Christy Swanson sucks. <laughs> she loves Trump. She's yeah. she. I don't like her. <laughs> but I'm going. So, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll talk about Christy okay. Swanson. Okay. Okay. No, I. I mean, my theory based on just the things I've read, um, especially that essay his wife wrote a few, his ex wife wrote a few years ago, is that it sounds like he didn't become a monster. Well. Plenty of people get power and don't become monsters. So there was clearly something in him that was capable of this stuff. 
but that he didn't he didn't start acting like a monster until he got the show. Mm. So um Yeah, he and didn't I have think, any power here in this movie. Yeah, he had none. Well and and he walked off the set because he was so unhappy with the changes they were making. So at worst it sounds like and I'm just basing this off the things I've read. I obviously don't yeah. have any experience or anything, but like um based on what I've read, it just sounds like if anything he was just like a bitter writer at this point. Yeah, well I've read the comic book that is based on his original script mm-hmm. and it's better than the movie. So, you know, and it's more sort of dramatic. It's like an episode of Buffy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a comedy. His original script probably would have made a better movie, I think. I have no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. I haven't even read it. I haven't read that comic, but yeah. um, I I have no doubt that his his original script I think his original script of everything would have been better. Um some of the funniest lines in Speed I don't know for sure if they're Joss Whedon lines, but they definitely sound like Joss Whedon lines. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you can kind of tell when you watch a movie that he has um done a rewrite on mm-hmm. what came from him. Yeah. And that's the same with um, um someone like Quentin Tarantino that mm-hmm. he did a lot of rewrites and you could tell um, because, like in um, *Crimson Tide*, they have a discussion about the Silver Surfer for absolutely no reason, um, and that was, you know Quentin Tarantino wrote that. So, um, oh, Quentin Tarantino's also scum. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but you can still <laughs> enjoy his movies because I again think *Pulp yeah. Fiction's a masterpiece. But there you go. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, Jen, I love problematic men. Yeah, <laughs> apparently so. <laughs> I mean like I said I think it's power right yeah but you can still like stuff you can still give yourself that you can still like stuff mm-hmm. that is made by problematic people mm-hmm. Um, but as long as you don't support the problematic person <laughs> in question and just watch the thing and enjoy it I think it's okay mm-hmm. Right, so Jen, what is your first problem of Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie? I think at the beginning, Merrick is too creepy. I understand that that's kind of the point that, like, you know, he kind of creeps her out and stuff. Mm -hmm. And that is an explanation I would have accepted uh, in earlier days, uh, as recently as probably a year ago. (laughs) (laughs) But now I put thought into it, and it's like... You could still make him creep her out without him being creepy because a woman having an older man just show up out of nowhere is actually going to be creepy. But it's like he shows up and he's like um, really cryptic about everything. And instead of being like, okay, look, I know you're not going to believe me, but you are, there are vampires and you're a slayer. Like he could come out and just tell her, but he's just like, I'm here to tell you about your birthright. Like it's, it sucks. Um, I don't like it. Like when he shows up in the women's lock, in the girl's locker room where Buffy, uh, says it's a naked place, Mm -hmm. which is a really good line. Um, I, by the way, I really like her outfit in that scene too. Um, Mm. but he, uh, he just doesn't need to be that creepy. No, one thing that grossed me out in that scene is Buffy uses, uh, I think you call them Q-tips, we call them cotton buds, mm-hmm. and she puts it in her ear and then she throws it back mm-hmm. into her locker. Ew. Yeah. I didn't notice that. Yeah. That's, I noticed that. I'm pretty sure she does because it's badly edited because this movie is badly fucking edited, but... <laughs> but 
But yeah, Merrick, I think, is just presented as too creepy in the beginning, and that could have been done much better. Um, I also want to acknowledge the fact that um, Joss Whedon hated Donald Sutherland's performance. Mm -hmm. Apparently, Donald Sutherland made it clear to him that he did not like the movie and he did not like the character. Mm -hmm. And um, Joss Whedon's complaint was, one of his complaints was that Donald Sutherland made the character, like, that he changed lines to where they didn't make sense anymore. Mm And I will have to disagree with that because I've, you know, since I've read that quote, I've seen this movie several times and I always look for things Merrick says that like are confusing or don't make sense. And I don't know what he's talking about. No, I think that's a case of the writer being too close to the material and being like, oh, he's ruining this thing. But as a viewer, I don't feel like Donald Sutherland changing lines um, confuses me at all. No, because I don't think there's anything that Donald Sutherland says that you can't understand what he's saying. Yeah. I think it's. I think he's coming from a writer's perspective. As I had an idea in my head what this is, mm-hmm. this means, and he's changed what it means. But yeah, you know, I just always kind of assumed Donald Sutherland was someone who thought it was um, shitty. It the title it just seems so campy and like not. This isn't an a a list movie. This, you know what I mean. And I think he was just an older actor yeah. who took a job for some money. Yeah. But he's like, um, why can't I think of his name? Uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. Alec Guinness. Yeah, Alec Guinness. Like Alec Guinness hated Star Wars. Yeah. But he did it because mm. they gave him money. And I think that, and there's less of an attitude these days. I think, but like with older actors, um, back in the day, like there's an entitlement. Mm-hmm. A sense of entitlement, and it's like they'll do things they don't like, but they're gonna bitch and moan the whole time and make it clear to you they don't want to be there, which just sucks because I'm sure there were people who would have loved to have this role. Yeah, but I do understand. I mean, the title is ridiculous, but it is still quite intriguing. As there's a lot of people who don't watch the TV show because of the title. Yeah, that pisses me Yeah, off. but I mean, I understand not watching this movie because of the title, because the movie itself is ridiculous. Yeah, and I just... I, and corny. I wish people would stop judging things based on titles, yeah. because like, it's... I, I, I like the title. No, I like the title too. <laughs> and I, I hate that people refuse to watch this just because of the title. Same thing with Cougar Town. Like, Cougar Town is a terrible title. Mm-hmm. Like, so bad that they thought about changing the name of the show in the third season. Um, and they made jokes about it in the title cards every week. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if somebody tells you something's good, why not just try it? Like, I've known so many people who are like, wow, you make that sound really good. I would like to watch that. But I just, I don't like the title. Yeah, and I'm like, stupid. that doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, what's your first problem? Um, the characters. <laughs> okay. Um, and this is in no way down to Joss Whedon. Because I know how Joss Whedon writes characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're all pretty terrible. Um, every <laughs> single one of them's a terrible character human being and also the acting is so inconsistent mm-hmm. um and that is all down to the director obviously yeah. it was her second movie and i don't think she knew the material enough so i think she wanted to do more of a comedy mm-hmm. um and i mean that's what you would think with a title like buffy the vampire slayer so you know buffy is a weird name so you would think that's like a comedy or a spoof or something 
Um, but the characters are so inconsistent, it's like, sometimes Buffy is an absolute fucking idiot, and then the next time she's really smart and um, she seems more together in the next scene. And uh, Yeah, I... You know, and I don't blame I, that on the actors, because I actually think Christy Swanson's quite good in this film. She, I think so, too. Yeah. And, you know, Joss Whedon, for all of his complaints about this movie... Um, one thing I always really did like that he said about it was um, when somebody asked him what he thought of Christy Swanson's performance, he said um, he wasn't going to criticize it because she actually came to him mm-hmm. and asked him for advice on how to play this character, mm-hmm. which from everything I've heard, it, at least back in the day, it was really rare for actors to care, like anybody to care what the writer thought. Mm-hmm. And she she asked him for advice, and he didn't think it was his place because he wasn't directing the movie, and so he um, he let her rely on director's notes instead of talking instead of telling her how to play it, mm-hmm. and that like she was doing you know the best that she could, and she was and I just. I always thought that said something good about Joss Whedon, although it's it is his side of the story, so he might just be making himself look good. Who knows what happened? But um, I don't trust him <laughs> anymore. Um, but that that she did really care about playing the character mm-hmm. correctly, and um, I I think yeah, there's some scenes where it shows that I mean she's an airhead mm-hmm. and that she doesn't care about school like she's um ignorant on a lot of things just because of how she lives her life but that she does seem to be just naturally intelligent more than her friends Mm -hmm. she's a little more logical but yeah there are some scenes where she just seems like she doesn't know anything in other scenes where it's like oh she's smarter and play into the airhead um, stuff a bit too much in some scenes yeah i wish you know there's things like um the stuff with the jacket uh, which always pissed me off that she didn't just buy the jacket she liked, but it does show how it works in like a group mm-hmm. like that, where if one friend says that's bad, don't get it. But I kind of wish they'd had her get the jacket uh, in defiance of her friends to show the independence a little, mm-hmm. because that's a big thing with Buffy on the show and the movie is that like she's kind of going to do her own thing no matter what. So yeah. I kind of wish there'd been something a little different with that jacket, which did look good on Hillary Swank. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I that's my long way of saying I agree. I think that she's she's good. Yeah, no, she is. But the characters are just... Donald Sullivan gets a lot of shit because of his performance. But I think he's the most consistent. Yeah, I actually, I like his performance. Yeah, he's the most consistent. He's the mm-hmm. same all the way through. And even though at times it does seem like he doesn't give a shit, he doesn't. It's not as though he's he changes his performance at all. Whereas there's sometimes with Pike, where Pike seems cool and like collected and you know together, and then other times he's screaming like a lunatic, and he just seems. Again, a lot of stuff Pike does is like, right, Luke Perry, be Luke Perry for Mm -hmm. this scene but this scene you have to be this character where you have to shout and be stupid and you know and it's ah i don't think the director was letting the actors act (laughs) she was just telling them what to do and i just i just think that the characterization of all these characters is bad 
And while we're talking about people who suck, can 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 we just talk for a second about the fact that like you know Luke Perry died a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and every story that came out about him after he died, everything everyone said makes it sound like he was a phenomenal human mm-hmm. being, like not just a a good guy, but that he was a great guy. Yeah, I've heard like, that um, lots of times. Yeah. He, uh, Colin Hanks told a story about how there was a kid getting upset on a flight and Luke Perry was on the flight and he made balloon animals for the kid mm-hmm. and that like he actually carries balloons with him on flights mm-hmm. for that reason, which is amazing. And then one of the most heartwarming things to me was, um, you know, he played Archie's dad on Riverdale yeah. and KJ Alpa, who plays, um, Archie, he's from, I think, New Zealand and, um, you know, was in Canada filming Riverdale and that Luke Perry would call his parents every week to, to let them know how he was doing. Like Luke Perry just, just sounded like an amazing guy. So while we're, we're talking about people who suck, I'm just like, we got to shout out this guy who supposedly was just really great. Um, I my second so I had some problems finding problems mm. because while it's it's a deeply flawed movie and it's not super well made, I just didn't feel strongly enough negatively about anything. No. <laughs> like it was really hard for me to find things. Um so I'll just say one thing that pissed me off watching the movie, just like as a woman, but then also it's doubly bad because of the Joss Whedon thing. So and I don't think it's a bad thing for the movie, but the way that men treat women, like, you know, the the biker being like, you want some real power oh. between your legs, or the way that her, that Buffy's boyfriend's friend treats her. Yeah. Um, I think that stuff is necessary. I, um, and I, especially like, because we need to show Buffy, like, how much she's changed that at the beginning of the movie, she just takes the harassment. And then towards the end, she's like slamming the guy against the lockers. Yeah. Um, well, I've got, I've got notes about both those scenes. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that stuff's important. But this time watching has changed. It's, it's, it's so crazy that a week ago, my viewing of this would have been very different. That like it, from the time that we said we were going to watch this to the time I actually mm. watched it, <laughs> it just changed things so much. Um, and I'm just glad we didn't do this movie last mm-hmm. week. Um, cause that would have been awkward. I'm thinking about the fact that, yeah, these are things that women have to deal with, especially if you're somebody who is as conventionally attractive as, you know, the hot blonde Buffy. Mm. Um, and that you watch it thinking Joss Whedon gets it right. Like he gets what women have to deal mm-hmm. with, um, and how we just put up with it. And then you watch it now. And I'm also thinking about like Louis CK. Now I'm like, oh, he gets it because he's probably so good at writing these lines because these are the thoughts that he has. Mm. Like he may be a man who would refuse to actually say them mm-hmm. because he wants to look like a feminist, but these thoughts are in his brain and that's why he knows what women have to put up with yeah. because he either has the thoughts or later in life acts on them. Yeah. Right. So talking about those two scenes, right? Mm-hmm. Thinking about like you say that you would have thought about this movie differently if you watched it a week ago, right? Yeah. I wouldn't have because I've never liked this movie. But, <laughs> 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 but like, watching that scene with the biker, 
I wonder mm-hmm. if the line, you're a dyke, I'm telling the whole world you're a dyke, was a Joss Whedon line or not. Hmm. And the scene where the guy smacks Buffy's behind and she slams him against the lockers, all her female friends look at her and say, why'd you do that? You're insane. Like, yeah. Don't say anything about the guy smacking her butt. Yeah. That just annoyed me in that scene. But I know that's the way the the characters are supposed to be. It just annoyed me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think th- I think that's actually realistic because especially at that age, you're just supposed to put up with shit. And like, if you were to complain about how a guy was treating you, people would be like, what? The guy likes you. Or like my experience, um, <laughs> having been a teen girl, is that sometimes your friends will even be like, I wish guys showed that they liked me. Yeah. It's tough. Um but yeah, I think that I don't it's so hard. It's this is this is the whole thing where it's like you can read so much of what he writes as he's a feminist or he's a creep. And it's I don't I clearly don't think he's a feminist, but that like he I mean, couldn't he be a creep but also see that this stuff's unfair? Like he takes advantage of it. He takes advantage of the fact that this is the world. But that, like, he might actually be seeing the truth there? No, I think so, because he's a douchebag, but I don't think he's evil. So yeah, I think well, he knows when things are things are wrong. Do you know? But he yeah. still participates in things that are wrong? Or yeah. maybe he doesn't think he's being, he's doing the wrong thing? Well, that's the glass half full version of it. The glass half empty version of it is that he sees that these things happen and he thinks they're unfair and that they shouldn't happen. But as long as they're happening, he's going to do it too. Yeah. Yeah. It's that thing of like, um, like I'll be sitting there, you know, watching political news and it's like Republicans will do a certain thing that, um, Democrats wouldn't do because it's unjust, mm-hmm. right? But then you get to that point where you're like, why don't we just do this? Mm-hmm. If that's how they're going to do it, that's how we yeah, should do exactly. it too. Even though we think it is wrong and it goes against whatever we believe in. Like, that could very well be him that he's just like, this kind of behavior is bullshit, but why do the, like, you know, classically handsome and charming guys get to do it and I don't? Mm-hmm. Right. So my second problem, the editing um, and I know the movie was, you know, messed around and changed and stuff like that, but there's just so much, like the hot dog scene, where mm-hmm. we don't actually see oh, what's yeah, that is bad. happening with the hot dog when she's slicing that, it. That is bad. Yeah. You see it in the comic book version, it's, and then she slices well, it Well, and... you know, that shows, the, the I, there's this thing in my brain where, like, I'll notice something. Mm-hmm. I'll have the thought and then I completely forget about it. Like it doesn't occur to me to write it down mm-hmm. or anything and then I just forget. And every time I watch that scene, I'm super bothered by that. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't occur to me to be like, well, I'm going to write that down. Yeah. No. Well, that's why I'm here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the scene with Benny floating outside of Pike's, Pike's um, window, mm-hmm. it just ends. Yeah. He's floating there, and we see him floating there, and then we cut to Buffy and Merrick, and then it's the next day, and we don't know what happened there. Nothing. It's just I, I assume Pike just closed the curtains and went back to bed. But we don't know. We never get told. Yeah. Um. And uh, it's really weird. There's a training montage, and then a conversation between Merrick and Buffy, and then we're cut straight to the principal's office. Mm-hmm. 
and it's just the way that's edited. It's just like there's no real transition there. It's just like, and now we're in the principal's office, and he's mm-hmm. going to tell her that she's um bad news and all that, and then that scene ends abruptly because she kisses mm-hmm. the fly. He says something yeah. not remotely funny or anything to do with fly or anything at all, and then it mm-hmm. cuts to something else. And it's like that is just really bad editing. It's just But the fly thing was cool. Yes, it was. Um <laughs> No, I'm go I am going to say positive things about this movie. Trust me, Jen. But okay. the editing is I just atrocious. I like the fly thing. No no, no that no, was quite no. cool. Now that you're talking about it, I'm like, no, you're completely right. And it's the it's the sort of thing I noticed, but I didn't think of it as editing mm-hmm. i was just like this feels off yeah it's just uh, it's just the way that the film's been put together it's like there's no real transition between buffy and merrick are having a conversation and then it cuts straight to the principal's office for no real reason and we don't know when we don't know what time of day it is because she wasn't mm-hmm. at school when she was talking to merrick and now she's at school and talking to her. But, you know, it's just really yeah. weird and put together. And then the final complaint I have about the editing is when um, Pee Wee Herman attacks um, Luke Perry and he's driving, he like goes onto the top of his van and he screams. And then his scream from that part of the film plays over the next scene and it doesn't make any sense because he's not screaming there because mm-hmm. he screams then drives but the scream goes right over when he's been driving for a while and it's just a really weird sort of and then the scream also fades out and it's just a really weird sort of transition and it's just it's so strange it's weird anyway this movie is garbage so <laughs> Well, I one thing about the editing is this movie is 85 minutes long, which makes me think... I mean, we already know stuff was deleted, mm-hmm. right? Because we know that Seth Green was, was in mm-hmm. it and then he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just wondering, because sometimes when movies are badly edited, I find out later that they cut a ton of stuff yeah. out. And so I'm wondering how much that affected it, no, too. I think because when you is. delete... Yeah, it's it's very frustrating. I didn't like that. I like a good training montage. No, I like training montages. Um, but you it's know, just that my idea- problem started with that, then it jumped straight to something else and jumped straight. It was just the way that it was. Yeah, but I like the training montage. So, so uh, by the way, six years ago, I was like, I'm going to get healthier. And I started working out regularly and I started eating healthy. And it wasn't until I'd lost like 50 pounds that it occurred to me that what would have been genius would have been if Dylan had filmed me working out and stuff throughout that time. And like when I was done uh, with my wellness journey or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, that like we could have made a really cool montage. <laughs> Like, I'm still really mad I didn't do a montage because I was working my ass off, literally. Yeah. But um, anyway, I love a good training montage. But this montage, um, it things felt out of order. Yeah. Like, it, it kind of bothered me. Like, like I wish that the montage had ended with the shot of the principal looking at her running into the school. And then that would have been a bad um, And then yeah. cut. Yeah, because it's clearly the same day. Like, she, you can tell she's wearing the same thing she's wearing when she's in his mm-hmm. office. And that always really bugs me that that shot comes and then you see a bunch of other sh- shots and then yeah. she's in the office. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's part of my problem with the editing. So my third problem, and this has always bugged yep. me. I think this has been my number one problem from the first time I watched the movie. 
So um, they have the dance and there's the conversation earlier in the movie about like, why do we have to invite like Natasha Gregson Wagner or whatever to, <laughs> to yeah. the dance? And um, does she come back? Buffy as a vampire. Does yeah. she? Okay. <sighs> yeah, they turn her into a vampire and she comes back wearing the yellow jacket. I don't um, remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but they, you know, Buffy's like, they can't come in, and uh, Hillary Swank's like, I invited them, they're seniors. Mm -hmm. Why would they need to be invited to the dance? That makes no sense. Because if that's the case, wouldn't they need to be invited into any place ever? Well, I like like the fact that the rules changed, like, between this and the TV show. Oh, Joss Whedon made some great changes. Like, they turn to dust so you don't have bodies lying around yeah. everywhere. They don't fly because that... You can't have them be too powerful yeah. because then the show gets kind of crazy. Um, the Not only is it just that they have to be invited in if you... Um, if it's your home, but then on Angel, it's actually your home is where you sleep mm-hmm. because there's a guy who owns a bookstore who um, ends up moving into his store... So that vampires can't get in there, which I thought was genius. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the rules, it, that rule always, it really bugged me that they're allowed in the dance because they were invited because they shouldn't have to be invited into a public building. Mm-hmm. Although I guess now that I think about it, they did a similar thing on Buffy because it was like Angel comes into the building and he says like the Latin quote on the sign outside. Um, and it's like, uh, enter all uh, all who seek knowledge. Mm-hmm. But it's still stupid. They should be allowed in there without being invited. Yeah, but also, he was in the school before. Does that just change because now he was angelus? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> so, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> What's your third problem? Yeah, right. Okay, and this is really important. This is a, the, the most important problem ever, Jen. <laughs> I get the feeling it's going to be stupid. Is it a tie? It is not a tie. <laughs> no. Um, and it was a bow tie. Um, <laughs> when Buffy is fighting vampires outside the school, mm-hmm. and Seth Green is there for some reason, yeah. um, Hilary Swank says, it's okay, they're going after her, and a vampire breaks the fourth wall, looks at the camera and smirks. He breaks the fourth wall, Jen! <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> He just looks at the camera and sort of raises his eyebrows like that. And it's like, oh, I hate it. I hate that so much. That takes me out of a movie, especially when it's not that kind of movie. Oh, I hate it. The thing about this movie is that Joss Whedon, I think what he was doing with it was something very clever. I think he was trying to make a point Mm -hmm. with the movie. You know, he famously always talks about, like, you know, the woman... The, the the woman walking down the alley and she's supposed to be scared, but what if the thing that would scare her is afraid of yeah. her? Um, I think that he was, he was intending on something more, um, I can't think of the word, not sincere, but something in that area, right? Um, but because of the title and because it's a vampire movie, which generally vampire movies aren't taken mm-hmm. seriously, that the people who made it produced it and directed it that they thought of it as more of a jokey mm-hmm. thing and i was always so happy he got the chance to do the show although now i don't know yeah. but <laughs> i was always happy he got a chance to do the show because um with him controlling the narrative 
um, he was able to show what a serious idea it mm-hmm. is and what an empowering idea it is. God, it, I mean everything I'm saying, and I think that it's yeah. right. And it feels so wrong to say it. It feels so wrong to praise no, him. No, I know, but... But I, I can't pretend that I don't think that this is, like, that he's a good writer and that he did something great and that, like, this movie is... That his script was really misunderstood. But he's also... He's also a good director. Um, yeah, he's an excellent the, director. The Body is one of the best episodes of television ever made. Yes. There's no argument there. <laughs> it's one of the best episodes of TV ever. Once More with Feeling. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Is amazing. It is amazing. This man went off, taught himself piano, mm-hmm. and wrote this musical, and directed this mm-hmm. musical. And it was so good. He made it work even when people didn't have good voices. Mm-hmm. Um, Alison and he, yeah, I was thinking about Sarah Michelle Gellar. I but, think she uh, does quite well. She's, I mean, she's fine, but it also shows what a great actress mm-hmm. she is because I think one of the reasons her songs um, are sound so good is because she is doing real acting yes, there. Acting. It's not just that she's singing it; she is acting, and those feelings come mm-hmm. through. Um, it's. I've been watching Zoe's extraordinary playlist. And it's like Jane, Jane Levy, compared to the other actors in the show, is not an amazing singer, but she's such a good mm-hmm. actress that it really comes through and like makes the singing. Like, so she sells it. Yeah, which is impressive because once more, the feeling ruined me and I can't enjoy TV musicals. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Glee, I, I watched for a few years and enjoy it. And then I've gone back and rewatched it and it is a hot mess and I don't like it. And when I say rewatched it, I watched like two and a half episodes and mm-hmm. stopped. Um, <laughs> so, um, but I, I do think that, I, I don't know, I need to, I've always meant to like find a copy of Joss Whedon's original script mm-hmm. and I need to, cause I'm really curious what it reads like Yeah. to me. Yeah. You should also read the comic. I should. I actually, I have, um... A big Buffy book. I think it's, I think it, I don't know if it's a Tales of the Slayer or what, but it's some sort of compilation of like a bunch of different comics. And I need to see if it's in it. I meant to do that this morning and forgot. So what's your positive? Right. Okay. I do actually have one. Okay. Good. There's a really good scene where Buffy is in her bedroom and brushing her hair and then she puts on the ribbon. And then just nonchalantly walks over to her bed and lies on top of Rutger Hauer and cuddles mm-hmm. into him. And I think that and and she like she transitions from her room into his room. It's like, you know, it's like a castle type thing she's in there. And I think that is really well done. I think that is the best directed scene in the entire movie. My positive mm-hmm. <laughs> is that um this is a really good story, and there is some good writing in here. You, it has good bones. You can see that the Joss Whedon script was probably very mm-hmm. good. Um, the story of Buffy is great. Um, it's like she's still, when you see her with Merrick, it seems like she's still such an airhead. But then she has already changed so much through her training and, and stuff that when she, tries to go back and be normal and like be with her friends she's she's already changed so Mm -hmm. much and i think that scene in the gym when they're planning the the dance 
I think Christy Swanson's really good in that scene. And I think that that she does a really good job of showing how much Buffy has changed and how it's kind of confusing for her. Right. That like and I and that's that's something that I think a lot of us go through where like you go through an experience or time passes and you just you change naturally and then you try to be with the same people and have the same energy and you're like i don't know i've changed too Mm -hmm. much yeah this doesn't work for me and 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 it's the same kind of thing like honestly now that i'm thinking about it it's the same thing we kind of deal with with this podcast right that like You'll have a movie you watched a ton when you were younger and you always enjoyed it, maybe even watched it as an adult Mm -hmm. and enjoyed it. And then we're sitting here and we watch it for the first time in 10, 20 years. And we're hoping for that same experience, right? Like we're hoping to enjoy it the way we used to. And then we watch it and it's like, oh, I've, we've grown apart. (laughs) Me and this movie have grown apart. I've changed too much. And, um, I just, there's, for a deeply flawed movie that I never, like I've always liked, but I never Mm -hmm. loved. Um, this time, and maybe it's because I was looking for things to hate because right now I hate Joss Mm -hmm. Whedon. Um, I ended up getting frustrated because I found too much that I liked. Mm -hmm. See, I like, there's some good lines in here, obviously, but I just don't think they're delivered particularly well because I don't think the actors or the director knew how to sell them. And knew how mm-hmm. to say the lines, and they just fought comedy that say this like ridiculous line um in a silly way. It just it does a lot of it doesn't work for me. It's just uh it's a mess, but yeah, there is definitely a good well, we know there's a good plot here. And I do think Christy Swanson's quite good. She is. Yeah. I love her wardrobe, by mm-hmm. the way. Like when you watch like fashion in the 80s and 90s was questionable a lot of the time Mm -hmm. but when you get to the early 90s it's such a weird thing because you have the 80s fashion carrying over but then the 90s fashion like this is like right before grunge which is where things really transition and the fashion can get so terrible Mm -hmm. but honestly i really like buffy's outfits (laughs) which is rare for something from because this is from 92 this is a bad time in fashion although i guess i had the same thing with sue ellen Mm-hmm. You did. in don't tell my babies there's dead yeah. is that like um the the fashion there um i also don't think we should quit before mentioning um ben affleck's performance <laughs> in this movie <laughs> again i think he was just told just look disgusted no not not i shouldn't say performance his presence Mm-hmm. His presence in this movie is strange. Um, like, you know, he's just he's just a young guy out in Hollywood trying to get a, you know, he got a job, he gets a line. Or did he even have a line? He was just kind of an extra. He said a line, yeah, he got a line. Um, and it's, it's one of those things where you go back and you watch an old movie, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden somebody who is super famous, yeah. who has won an Academy Award, or a couple Academy Awards, is right there. Yeah. And you're like, this is, this is so and weird. And he's prominent as well. Because he has a line and you see him. Mm-hmm. But Seth Green, this was the first time I actually noticed Seth Green in the movie. This is sort of panned by him and I'm like, oh, that's Seth Green. Yeah. yeah. I knew to look for him. Mm. Like I've known many times before. Yeah. And by the time we get to that part, I've completely forgotten and I don't notice right. him. Right. Yeah, that was the first I noticed him. I, I wasn't even looking for him because I forgot he was in it. And it mm-hmm. just went past and I was like, oh, that's Seth Green. But yeah. I... Right. I've got a question before we go. Okay. How old are Pike and Benny supposed to be? 
We didn't even mention Benny oh. much, but how old are they supposed to be? Because we don't need yeah. to. Uh, exactly. I don't know. I was actually thinking about that myself. I'm going to assume they're like 20, 21, 22. Right, so they are not at school. Yeah, <laughs> I'm guess they are old. They are older than high school. Right. Um. They, but they also like. I mean, they have their flask or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they're hanging out in like a coffee shop and at movie theaters instead of like bars or whatever. Yeah. So perhaps they are underage, but or uh, under the drinking like age. Like twenty, maybe twenty-one. Yeah, um. So a couple years older than Buffy, close enough in age that I can't complain too mm. much about Pike and Buffy. Yeah, especially considering <laughs> Luke Perry, who was a handsome man, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yes, especially considering Luke Perry looks about the same age as the guy who plays Buffy's boyfriend, who's a yeah. high schooler. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in this movie looks really old, mm-hmm. and I can't tell if it's just because the actors are older or the fact that I think in the 80s and the 90s, because of the way people wore their hair mm-hmm. and stuff, I think they just look older. Like, if you look at a teenager from the 80s with big yeah. hair and shoulder pads and stuff, they look way older than if you look at, like, a teenager from, like, the late 90s or the 2000s or mm-hmm. whatever, or even sometimes like older than that, like 50s or 60s. Mm-hmm. There's something about the fashion and the makeup in the 80s yeah. <laughs> and early 90s that is, um, it made people look very old. Yeah. Donald Sutherland was only 32 when he made this film. Are you fucking kidding yes, me? Yes, of course I'm kidding you. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I don't know. I don't, well, now that I think about it, Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah, Donald Sutherland was like, in like. Almost 10 years ago. Um, Vision of the Body Snatchers in the 70s, Jen. <laughs> you can't do that to me because you know I get a complex. Like, I've I've had a complex for a couple of years since I discovered I'm older yeah, than the mom at home alone, okay? Like, there are people that I... Jason Alexander yeah, is the Jason Alexander woman, thing, right? Yeah. Like, I, I thought he was... I thought he was 40 at the beginning of Seinfeld and he was 29. So, like, you can't do that because... I will immediately just start thinking about my own mortality. <laughs> I don't like it. Don't do that. Mean. I, didn't mean, I didn't mean to be mean. I was just making a joke. Uh, I feel so stupid. I fell for that. Um, ugh. Oh, no. I, I'm, I'm mad. <laughs> I forget. I forget what I was going to say, I'm sorry. but I was going to say something really oh, yeah, brilliant okay. <laughs> um, about Luke Perry or people looking old or something. Luke Perry I don't know. was playing a teenager at a time when TV, wasn't he? <laughs> yes. Yeah, because 90210 is in like its mm. second or third season at this point. So good for him for breaking out into movies, though, you know? Yeah, yeah. He... um didn't quite become the movie star yeah. he probably deserved to be, but this was a time when it was really, really hard to break into movies mm-hmm. as a TV star, especially if you were doing a, te- a teen show because people were not yeah. going to take you seriously. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Winona Ryder is 15 when she makes Heathers. She does not look 15. No, she looks like she's about 20. It's the it's the big hair, man. Um, God, it was so weird because I mentioned... Um, don't tell mom Bitzer's dead. And I was like, wait, was that last week? Because I couldn't have picked two in a row. I had yeah. already forgotten about Supergirl. I had to look at my my notebook. I mean, I don't know. We sh- last week when we were doing Supergirl, um, that movie was so garbage, we actually didn't mention that they used the R word in Supergirl because you didn't hear it and I forgot to mention it. 
Um, and that's usually something that we would yeah. say as a problem. Um, but we mm-hmm. didn't because the movie was that bad. So there you go. Uh, yeah. But yes, um, I have picked a movie for next time, Jen. Um, I have okay. picked 16 Candles. So we we get to trash okay. John Hughes. <laughs> I am so excited. I am so ready to trash John Hughes. If I was a fast reader, I would reread my book about John Hughes. Well, I should have, I should, we should have <laughs> left it then. But no, we'll, we'll do that next because I remember that being really problematic, that movie. So we'll get into it. Right. Yeah. So that's all we have time for. Uh, at Drop the Pilot Pod on Twitter, shifttobench.co.uk uh, is the website. Contact at shifttobench.co.uk as the email address. Where can people find you on the internet, Jen? Um, at Pilot Inspectors on Twitter. Um, I also have a podcast, uh, Party 5 Rewatch podcast called Closer to Free. You can find me at Closer to Free Pod on Twitter. Uh, thank you all for listening and we'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.